So welcome to the Circos Podcast, Season 5, Episode, I don't know, maybe 2, maybe 3, who knows when this will get released. But we are here with a guest from a state we've never had anybody on the podcast from. I'm trying to think. Yeah, 100% we've never had anybody from this state on the podcast. So uh, take it away, introduce yourself. Um, and how about like a cool fact about your state? Because it's you're the first person from said state on the podcast. If that's not putting okay. you under the gun, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. Well, Maria and Nikos, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Uh, I'm so excited to be on here. When I saw your podcast on Instagram, I was super uh, excited to not only listen, but to get a chance to be on your podcast. So this is a fantastic opportunity for me. Uh, so I'm Michael Jemalakis from Salt Lake City, Utah. As they said, I'm from a state that they haven't had someone on the podcast from yet. Uh, I'm 29 years old. Uh, I've grown up in Salt Lake my whole life. Uh, the Cretan community here is a big part of that. Uh, the fun fact about our state is we actually have the biggest Cretan youth group in the entire country right here in Salt Lake City. Wow. wow. If that's not a trivia question, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh my gosh, we should do that. <gasps> Sirtos trivia. There it is. Oh, excellent little side. There we go. There we go. A million bucks. Okay, well, if you're listening to this episode, you should get that right. I don't know what the prize is, but there will be a prize. Uh, awesome. So, Michael, tell us about how you got into dance. Um, tell us about kind of the landscape of you know, how did all these Cretans get to Utah? Um, Absolutely. So back in the early 1920s, a lot of Cretans immigrated to the United States and they were looking for work. And most of them actually came to uh, Copperton, Utah to work in the mines and to work in mining uh, in the field there. So that's why a lot of them came here because there was a lot of opportunity for that here in Utah, uh, especially out in uh, West, uh, West Utah. So there was a lot of opportunities there. So that was the reason for that. And it just kind of kept growing and growing. And we opened up uh, the the Minos chapter, uh, the men's Minos chapter here in Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, in the, I would say, early to mid-1920s. Yeah. Uh, I'm not exactly sure on the date there. but uh, And they just developed, uh, they sold the roots here uh, and uh, established themselves uh, grew their families and they just became one of the biggest greek communities and cretan communities in the states and uh, the dance group here uh was established in 1972 the youth group and a lot of our parents grandparents you know were involved in teaching and dancing in it uh, in the group and i uh, started when i was in third grade at the age of eight because back then, that's when you started uh, Cretan dancing uh, mm. in the youth groups here. And uh, all our parents decided, you know, hey, why don't we get our kids into Greek dance? And we're like, okay, we'll give it a shot. And not only did we love doing uh, Cretan dancing, but uh, the pare that we uh, have to go along with it was a big uh, factor to keep doing it as well. Uh, most of my long life friends, uh, lifelong friends here have been in the Cretan group with me since uh, I was eight years old. So it's uh, not only developed, you know, my love for Cretan dancing, but, you know, a good group of friends as well. Awesome. That's great. Is it, um, do you find that people move away? So like, you know, you're 29 living kind of in, 
in or around the same area where you grew up, which I think mm-hmm. is kind of commonplace for some people, but also, you know, a lot of people, you know, tend to kind of move away. Do people move away from the community or do they sort of stay because of what you all have built out there? You know, that's a, that's a great question. So a, a few have moved away uh, over the years, you know, uh, to, you know, California and New York, Florida. Uh, we haven't had a few that move away, but for the most part, I would say 85% of the the group that I've grown up with has stayed here in Salt Lake City and uh, established the, their family, uh, their kids here and, you know, got married. My friends are all starting to get married now, so that shows I'm getting old. Uh, but uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a blessing to have so many friends that have stayed here and wanted to keep their future family here as well so they can keep the tradition going uh, and keep Salt Lake as uh, one of the best creating communities in the country. Awesome. That's so unique. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say so unique, but I think it's kind of cool to see that. I was having a discussion with um, a fellow Greek who immigrated to the States probably like, let's say like 25 years ago and came to South Florida because of her husband's job. Um, Mm -hmm. And you know, she was floored that up in DC, um, when I was living up there, that it wasn't, you know, there's a mix, like, obviously, there's first generation folks up there, but there are some people where they've been there for generations. And she was shocked by that. Um, And I, you know, I kind of told her, I'm like, it's probably because they found their community, they found like, either they came over with cousins, or they came over with, you know, Mm -hmm. people that they sort of knew, however many generations ago, and it just, they kept on building on that, you know? Um, so it's, sure. it's interesting that that you have, you guys have kind of something similar, I'm sure much deeper out there. So it's cool. And I get why people would stay. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> oh yeah. No. And not only that, uh, and Salt Lake's a great place to live too. I mean, we have beautiful scenery and, you know, the mountains, the, some of the hiking and outdoor uh, activities that you could do out here, skiing, golf. I mean, it's a really, big city but it's also a small city like you can get anywhere in town within a short amount of time mm. as well so it's it, it definitely has its advantages here uh as far as just living here in general and i think that also probably creates that community tight mm. uh, feeling between uh everyone in there and uh, oh 100 percent uh help helps it's that glue you know that again we can call it a retention rate, uh, but I've definitely sure. seen that in uh, many cities. The city I grew up in as well, in mm-hmm. Seattle, many people still are, you know, all my friends that I grew up dancing with and whatnot, they're still 85%, I would say, are there. It's pretty, um, I think it's part of our culture to, you know, we generationally, are, as far as our background goes, you know, everyone's from small little villages and you know, they would really, one or two people would leave, but for the most part, everyone stayed where they were. It, travel obviously wasn't easy, but uh, but yeah, so I think it's just maybe ingrained in our DNA mm-hmm. to be, oh, so, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, I couldn't agree more with that statement. And, and not only that, you know, especially in Salt Lake, not only do we have a, a very big Korean community, but our Greek community as well, it's, uh, we have you know, 600 families over a thousand, uh, close to a thousand, uh, Greek, uh, Orthodox, uh, members in our community right now between our two churches. And 
we're very unique in that sense because we're two churches, one community, where most churches are just one church, one community. There could be five churches in the same city and they're all a separate community, but we're in that unique situation where we have two in one and we're extremely tight knit. Uh, we just had our Salt Lake Greek Festival uh, about a month ago and we had 40, over 40,000 people come through the weekend. That's wow. uh, one of the biggest uh, Greek festivals in the country. We've had, I think, 25 different states represented at our festival this year. And it's just uh, one of the premier uh, weekend festivals that Salt Lake has to offer nowadays. That's fantastic. And that was actually going to be my next question of how the Cretan community and the Greek and the rest of the Greek community, uh, how, how large they are and their involvement mm -hmm. uh, and everything. So that's great. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And we have to rely on each other because it's, it's not just, you know, there's the Cretans and then there's the, the mainland Greeks or that come from the mainland. Uh, we we're one community. We're all Greek. Uh, it doesn't matter where you come from. It's the same way that you look at it. Yeah. We have different, you know, mentality sometimes, different styles, mm -hmm. sometimes of dancing. You know, some may argue, oh, mainland dancing versus Cretan dancing, which is better. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Uh, I'm not going to piss <laughs> any, or get anyone mad. Uh, but hey, we're all entitled to our own opinion. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that. But and not only that, we love to share it with the rest of like the other Greek communities. Like uh, we all travel to uh, youth conferences across the country in Detroit, New York, Florida, California, uh, and we meet other Cretans, other Greek uh, Orthodox uh, youth as well. And we all share the love of dancing. And it's just, it's amazing to see how many different styles of Greek dancing there really is across mm -hmm. the country. Uh, and even in our own group, uh, you pull 10 of us together in the same line you'll see 10 different styles of dancing. You won't see two of the exact same style of dancing uh, in two people. So that's what's great about it. Everyone brings their own style and their own flair to it. And that's why we all love it. Mm -hmm. Is there, This is, I think, a little bit of an ignorant question. So I'll just call it out um, because there might be some people who will DM me about this question. But do you all feel like pressure, especially in Salt Lake with the Mormon community um, in terms of like the culture and conforming. And I ask this just because I have a friend um, who grew up in that. And then we, you know, she mm -hmm. transferred to my high school and the, some of the stuff that she told me, I was like, Whoa, like that happens in public high school, you know? Um, but that yeah. was like centuries ago. Right. And we were feeling that this question would come up, like how the Greek Orthodox community uh, interacts with the Mormon community, uh, especially yeah. in Salt Lake. And to be honest with you, it's really a non-issue for us. Like they don't really present any uh, issues for us mm -hmm. as a whole. Um, yeah, pe uh, certain you know people of the the Mormon culture do have their opinions, uh, and they're entitled to just like we have our opinions. But you know, for the most part, we all get along. They support our festival uh, every year. Uh, they give us you know substantial donations to our community as well. So they've been nothing but uh, generous and supportive of our community because uh, we're, you know, like them, we're a big factor when it comes to the community downtown. And we bring a lot of attention and a lot of crowds to the downtown area. So we all have to support each other. And uh, I think that's what the main thing is, is we have to, you know, put differences aside to make a community work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's just so interesting to me because um, it's such a culture, you know, just like we, mm-hmm. just like Greek Orthodoxy, right? Or you could say Orthodoxy, but then specifically Greek Orthodoxy. There's such a culture mm-hmm. that comes with our religion. Um, obviously, two very different religions, but it's it's similar in principle that um, you you have way more attached to the church than just the religious aspect. Yeah. And that's what separates ourselves from like other communities and other church uh, denominations as well, because Mm -hmm. there's more to it than just going to church every Sunday, going to Sunday school every Sunday. You know, we have Goya basketball, we have Cretan dance, we have uh, young adults, the YAL uh, community. We have uh, Lamb's Hope and Joy, which is a, a kindergarten uh, age group, you know, youth group. So it's like, it's just so extended out way past the religious aspect of it. And I think that's what makes us want to stick around more is because, oh, I'll see you at church on Sunday. Then I'll Mm -hmm. see you at basketball on Wednesday. Then I'll see you at Cretan dance on Thursday. So we see each other, you know, two to three times a week on average just because of all the events that we have going on in our Greek communities, which is uh, why we love to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'll ask then, how do you see the new generation? Do you feel they're following in your guys' footsteps or especially in a post-COVID world, were it, have you seen a difference, a disconnect at all, um, you know, now, you know, going into? Yeah, and, uh, and great question on that. Like, uh, I did notice a difference and this may shock you, but it's actually grown here, uh, especially in Salt Lake past uh, post COVID because uh, the fortunate thing for us is the younger generation all had older siblings that were mm. in the Greek community, uh, in the dance community, in the Greek dance uh, groups uh, before them. So they got to see their older siblings. So now some siblings decide, Oh, that's not for me. Like there is that, uh, a good amount of kids that said, you know, dance is just not my, you know, yep. my hobby and it's completely understandable. And we wouldn't want anyone to do something that they're not completely invested in because Greek dancing is, uh, yeah, it's an activity, but you also have to be committed to it because it's, it's completely, it's like being on a, on a sports team, like a basketball mm-hmm. team or a, or a football team or something like that, where you have to be, you have to practice, you have to put the time in, you have to put the effort in. Uh, to be the best dancer you can be. So when you go out there and perform, you know, you're going to say, Hey, I did a great job, you know, performing at the Greek festival and, you know, people are going to compliment you. And it's like, wow, this is worth it. This is worth all the time and effort. And I had a great time doing it. So it's, it takes a lot of time, and a lot of commitment. So I think that's why some people it's like, I just don't have the time to do it mm-hmm. or, like they may want to, but they still have the time to, because we, we take it very seriously here. We've, uh, we actually just, uh, revamped our, our Goya dance program, uh, where we had over a hundred kids, uh, between, uh, three groups. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> perform at our Greek festival this year. Congratulations. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say close to between the, the college age dance group on top of that with our Korean dance group, we had, uh, about 175 dan- uh, Greek dancers perform over the weekend uh, at the Greek festival. Wow. That's awesome. That's really, really yes. cool. Um, what else does the Cretan society do there? Like, do they, so obviously I'm assuming back in the twenties ish, when it was formed, it was, you know, to preserve the culture, to 
give people like a kind of like a meetup group, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, What do they do now or other than like, you know, dancing and and stuff like that? Is there philanthropy involved with it or any volunteerism or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we do uh, a lot of philanthropic uh, activities together as a group, especially the youth group. Uh, you know, we go down to we help at our annual Thanksgiving dinner, you know, helping feed the homeless. We do, you know, can drives. We do uh, volunteer work uh, together. We just find different activities that we can do together as a group. And we in, uh, incorporate, you know, the volunteering, the donating the time. And also the the men's and women's groups too. They donate, you know, substantial amount of money to different charities here in Salt Lake, uh, as well as volunteering their time. And we also, you know, all the youth group they go bowling. They have like a trapezi at someone's house, mm-hmm. and they just you know listen to music and or play uh, patio games or board games. Like we had a top league tournament uh, a few months ago uh, with a bunch of the youth group and. Uh, and the older that the men's group, you know, has social hours or dinners, you know, we have a community picnic that the Cretan sponsors. So it's more than just dancing for sure. And mm-hmm. we just try to find different activities that we like to do all together. Anytime that we get a chance to get together as a group, uh, it doesn't matter what we do. We love it. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Um, talk to us about, so I feel like I brought this up on a podcast many moons ago, but um, before I moved, um, I was in upstate New York and I went to Springfield, Massachusetts for a Creighton party. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was awesome. Um, why we didn't like, I think we lived like 45 minutes from there. So that's probably why we didn't get a hotel, but that was like a stupid thing. Um, so for All anyone right. going to a Creighton party, like get a hotel and just sleep because you'll <laughs> leave the party at like five in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. but I remember, <laughs> and I actually just told someone this story, um, we were at the party, whatever. There's this older man on the dance floor, like big mustache, you know, just everything. And he whips out a pistol and starts like shooting blanks <laughs> essentially into the ceiling of the Cretan house there. And I was just like, and it was like NBD, like he probably has done this before, which like, you knew it was blanks. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't, it was, and it wasn't like a, a weapon that we would use today. You know what I mean? It was maybe like an antique something or other, but I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, and I'm in Springfield, Massachusetts, which for anybody who knows, like not for nothing, there's not a whole lot in Springfield, Mass. Like you would not expect it to be like this little epicenter of Cretan-ness, um, but it totally is. So talk to us about these Cretan parties because, um, uh, I've experienced one, Nico. I don't think you've ever been. Have you ever been one like this? Not, no, but it sounds like I need to. I definitely need to make it a priority. Yeah, and then like you got to sleep for like because you know now we're a little bit older, so sleep for like an entire week before, mm-hmm. and then be prepared to take off a few days <laughs> from work after. <laughs> oh yeah, so around it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> You pretty much nailed it right on the head, Maria, on how cream parties really are. I mean, like you said, I left a, a party in Detroit at 5 a.m. where I had a 7 a.m. flight that went straight from the party to the airport in my clothes, like in my suit. And I was still had some alcohol in me. Uh, 
uh, I didn't get a chance to sleep it off yet. And it was the worst experience of flying I've ever had in my life. So I do not recommend it. Um, I have been to parties where guns have been shot off, uh, blanks and actual bullets. Oh, geez. So I've seen both. Uh, I'm not going to disclose who, when, and where. uh, Just uh, for their protection and mine. Uh, (laughs) But... Let's yeah. Let's just say it's it's something that if you had never experienced before, it's definitely worth going to, and you'll never have an experience like it. Because mm-hmm. there's there's more to it than just you have dinner, you listen to creep music, and you dance. There's the what we call lira humping, where basically a <laughs> bunch of and I'll explain <laughs> and I'll explain bunch of see. Men, like ages 20 to 75 will gather around the, the the stage of the musicians arm in arm singing along the the Crete Madinadas with the musicians for pretty much like two hours straight <laughs> i did not know that that's what it was called <laughs> you ask any Cretan about lira humping and they will go and that's like, it. into they will know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> Uh, it's fantastic. It's amazing. It. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, that's so, yeah. Awesome. So Nico, so you, your first Korean party, you have to go Lita humping, and you'll Sounds know when like it's time. <laughs> that's time. so funny. I, <laughs> that's amazing. See, but like, this is like the stuff that, like, you have to go to these parties with like real Koreans too. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Um, they'll, they'll show you. They'll, the, just, they'll show you the way. I was going to say you could probably feel very lost <laughs> and very overwhelmed if <laughs> you don't have someone at least uh, initiating oh, you yeah. or, or preparing. Oh yeah, for it. <laughs> oh yeah, and we and we get excited. You know, you know, you're really uh, like the the true Koreans are really excited when they hear one of their favorite musicians is coming to play at the party. Like they look forward to hearing what what musicians are coming. Like that's the first question a lot of the real Cretans, like especially here ask is like, okay, we're gonna have a party for the one millionth time, but who are we bringing musician wise? That's what matters. Yeah. Because if we bring a big name musician, then uh, then we're like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have like such a great time. This is gonna be like the best party ever. Like we've had some fantastic uh, musicians here over you know my lifetime so with those parties oh okay thanks uh so so with the parties i'm curious now how maybe you don't have an exact number but uh between other people that are not cretan in the greek community and let's say Mm -hmm. the philhellenes who you know have nothing to do with greek uh culture but uh they just really enjoy it and they get involved Mm -hmm. um what would you say would you say you guys have a lot of people come to those parties as well or is it typically just uh the cretans uh of the area or coming from other psilogy uh yeah that's a great question so with our community being predominantly 
Cretan, yeah, it, it is a majority of the Cretan community going to these parties. But we do have a lot of the uh, most of the non-Greeks in the community also attend these parties too, because especially a lot of the young people, like around my age and a little bit younger, because they enjoy you know the the Cretan dancing as well and the the parea and you know just hanging out with everyone. So I would say we get like about you know three to four hundred people every party, uh, where. It's uh, generally consistent, a good mix of Cretans and non-Cretans. And we also, um, in District 5, which is our district, uh, Hunger Games reference there, uh, <laughs> uh, Denver is uh, the other big chapter in our district where they always come and support our parties. And I actually just came back from Denver from their party. And it was a, it was a great time. They threw great parties down there as well. We have great relationships with all the young people uh, and the adults as well in Denver, and they come support our uh, parties all the time, and we do the same thing with theirs. So uh, Denver is the big one that always comes to our parties, uh, usually both uh, a year, because it's so close in uh, travel as well. And we get some people from California, because we have some uh, people here that are related to some people in California as well. But uh, the West Coast is uh, very tight-knit when it comes to the Cretan parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was just looking for the screenshot for the one that's down here. Hold on one second. It is the Pan Cretan Association of America District 7 mm-hmm. dinner dance. Um, it's. Uh, when do you have you guys set a date for your May? Is that always a certain weekend or just kind of depends? Uh, it just kind of depends. Like uh, it fluctuates weekends, uh, usually like around the the twelfth to the eighteenth, somewhere in there. Like the second or third weekend in May, generally uh, we've had them, you know, with people's weddings. You know, they've gotten you know where we had to push it back a week or move it up a week. Uh, baptisms, you know, major other events going on. But usually it's around the second week of May. Uh, second weekend in May usually is when we have it or we try to have it. Uh, so that's usually uh, around the time that uh, Salt Lake throws their their spring uh, glendy. Great, yeah. So people can be on the lookout for that around. That exactly. Time. And anyone listening, if you're coming to if you're in the Salt Lake area or want to come to Salt Lake for a Creek Glendy on November 11th, uh, come out to Salt Lake. Awesome. That'd be really fun. Um, do you have any like musicians who you absolutely love that you would? are coming or have been to any of these events yes uh one of my favorites that i've listened to uh, i have two uh well i guess three lead up players that i've listened to here that i just absolutely fell in love with uh one was nikos manuidakis which i just listened to in uh january in uh where was it long beach uh this past january i went to the Cretan youth conference there and he was fantastic and he also has come here before uh, the November, uh, like, uh, two years before that. Uh, we just went to Denver where we I uh, listened to Stelio Kazakis, which in mm-hmm. my opinion is probably the best lead-up player in the States, like a uh, state-residing lead-up player. Uh, he is just phenomenal from California. And uh, Mihaly Manuselis from, uh, from Kriti, uh, those are the three best lead-up players that I've heard uh in my opinion, uh, that has come, come here uh, to Salt Lake. That's so cool. It's really, really cool. Um, I was just looking to see if any of them are coming to South Florida. I don't think so. Yeah, but there's a, a bunch of other ones that I love to hear that, that are fantastic as well. Uh, 
if I just had to choose one, those are probably my three. I have heard uh, like Siluri Brothers. I've heard mm. the the Pandamakia group. Uh, I've heard uh, Alex Saikis. I've heard uh, Nikos Bakakis. I mean, there's a million musicians that I've heard live at different events throughout my lifetime. Uh, so any and all of them that I mentioned and even more so that I haven't are just fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about where's your family from in Crete? What part of Crete? So my dad's side of the family is from Crete. Uh, my papu, uh, is from Rathinno, uh, mm-hmm. just outside of Rathinno, uh, a small horio called Ayosco Standinos. Uh, it's by like Milio Kefala and, uh, Rustica, so it's around that area. And then my yaya on my dad's side, and then my mom's side of the family is from mainland Greece, uh, Tripoli, Patra, uh, Thessaloniki. So it's kind of spread out all over. Uh, but from Crete specifically, Pratino uh, is my uh, Jodio. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and we always ask everyone, like, kind of some similar questions and stuff like that. But um, thinking to like, 50 years from now or a hundred years from now, like what do you think the Cretan community in Salt Lake will look like? And what do you think is like sort of almost like the legacy that, that you want to leave or that you want to still be involved in, you know, at that point, 50 years from now, hundred years from now, you know, probably Ooh. not, oh. but who knows? <laughs> Ooh. Oh man. That's, That's a loaded a, question for you. Very loaded question. Uh, legacy part. Um, well, I think that as a whole, the Cretan community in Salt Lake will continue to thrive. Uh, the the young adults now that are getting ready to take over the the men's chapter are slowly, you know, getting like hand the reins over so they can prepare to lead the lead the Cretan groups of Salt Lake. Uh, now that we're in that uh, capacity in that age, so I think the the Cretan chapter in Salt Lake is definitely in good hands uh, to continue to thrive and continue to uh, grow. So I have no doubt about that. My legacy uh, here in the Korean community, I just want to be uh, remembered as someone who uh, donated their time, was a, a Cretan, uh, a true Cretan and a true Greek through and through that loved this community, loved to dance and wanted to share it, uh, that love and passion with the younger generations to continue that. I think that's totally achievable. I also think that it gets hard in life to sometimes do that. Right. Like, um, Mm -hmm. you sort of reach a point where you're like, okay, I've given so much. Um, and you kind of need like a break and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I think, um, I, I really can see that being such a big part of the culture in Salt Lake. And I, I think, um, those strongholds, those community strongholds are what we still need in the u.s you know or anywhere um this could be like in australia it doesn't matter necessarily but outside mm-hmm. of greece um because i think sometimes the communities here almost feed us more and in different ways than the community in greece you know um and it it's not a knock it's just it's just different um so absolutely i mean you, you it's americanized and you know it's a different you know mentality you know i mean you talk to a even like one of some of the more devout Cretans and devout, you know, Greeks here in the States, they're nothing like the ones that you see, you know, back in, you know, Athens or in Crete or in Thessaloniki or Mykonos or wherever. It's just a different mentality because 
they grew up having that meant uh, that lifestyle and only that lifestyle. Whereas here we have, oh, we have our Greek, but we also have like our non-Greek friends that we hang out with every now and then. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, go bowling with our friends or go to football games or go to uh, wherever, play golf, you know, just like different activities that you don't normally see in Greece. Uh, so I definitely think I agree with that. It's, it's definitely different, but it's not in a bad way at all. It just makes us, you know, that much more passionate about our, our culture because how much effort we have to put into it to uh, kind of balance our Greek lifestyle and non-Greek lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's so easy to to lose the Greek lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. um, even though it's so tied to the church and stuff like that. It's just it's definitely easy to do that. Um, Nico, do you have any other questions or that was a really deep one? Sorry. I don't know. Just yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, how do I, cause like I we, we always ask like, what's your like dance or music kind of legacy, which, but I was like, mm, we'll go a little deeper, you know, <laughs> maybe we can, maybe we can lighten it up and change it up uh, with some variety. How about, um, as far cause we, we know you love, Cretan dancing and Cretan music. Is there a second best for you? How's that? <laughs> like a second best, like dancing, music, Region. style of music. Yeah, that you, uh, oh. that you really enjoy. You know what? Uh, I love watching this, and and you probably don't hear this too often, or maybe you do, uh, but. Uh, in this college age dance group, uh, we did uh, dances from all over uh, different regions, uh, and we did a couple Pontic dances. And Pontic is just insanely cool for me to watch. And uh, the couple, uh, uh, the one dance specifically, I know how to do really well. Quotsadi, uh, in I've seen other ones like Pidikios and uh, other dances as well at different dance conventions, but. Pontic dancing is just so unique and so precise and it just it's amazing to watch just like the the effort and the technique it takes to to perform our Pontic dance really well yeah all right yeah I can see that I can see the difference too because how you said earlier like if you if you have 10 of you in your dance group like no you're not going to see two people doing exactly the same thing whereas like Mm -hmm. in a lot of the the Pontic dancing, I feel like the expression of the emotion of the dance is all very similar. You know, it's very mm-hmm. complex. It's very hard to like have that full body kind of, you know, expression. Um, but there's, I think, less room for individuality there as opposed to kind of in the Cretan world. There's, you know, you have your sort of your own individual flair a little bit, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And, uh, and that's what makes Korean dancing so unique is that everyone comes in with a fresh slate. Yeah, once you learn the basics, you like I go back to my statement, like you said, 10 people doing a basic even, not even doing like a solo or a talimia or figura or anything like that. But you just watch the basic and you'll see 10 different people do 10 different styles of basics. Like they'll add an extra step, like but they'll be on the same beat. Like they'll all end the same way, but they'll maybe add like five extra steps you know, to counteract like those little pauses in between like this, the counts, like the, the 12 counts or 11 counts, whatever it is. So it's just so cool to watch, you know, the people that I learned, 
learned Korean dancing from. I grew up watching them and I still watch them because I'm, I'm always, I feel like I'm always a student of the, of dancing where you can never achieve mastery in Cretan dancing. Like you can't perfect it. Like you can't learn everything. You're always learning new things and it's, mm-hmm. it's a new learning opportunities, new teaching opportunities come out and it's, it's just different where, okay, yeah, I've been dancing for 20 years, but for 21 years of my life, there's so many things that in Cretan dancing that I still haven't seen that I can still learn, mm-hmm. you know, for the next 50 years, you know, and there's kids that are learning stuff now that I never learned until I was 25, 26, and they're learning at age eight. Mm-hmm. So it's just, just, it's so unique in that sense where you have so many different styles of teaching, styles of dancing, and it when it all comes together, it's just, it's a work of art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of that too rests in people's ability to do research in the areas mm-hmm. and, you know, really digging deep and, um, you know, going to those like primary sources that are soon to be, you know, they're very old. Some of these primary, these people who are kind of like around that can give you the historical perspective. So it's definitely cool. Awesome. Um, okay. So we learned new vocabulary tonight, a new phrase, um, and that's going to be part of our trivia. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a second. I was like, wait, wait, what did I, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I had to think, I had to go back and think about what verb or what the term did I teach them? I was like, oh yeah, they're going to take that all of it. Oh, hundred percent. I was about to post up about it on Instagram. Don't you worry. Um, um, awesome. <laughs> I, I mean, I won't, I won't post that, but I'll post that. We, we learned some really new stuff tonight. <laughs> I mean, you can post it. I mean, everyone knows, you know, that's the term. Michael, this was so great. Thank you. Oh, nice. I enjoyed it. No, thank you guys for having me. And this is a, uh, this is fantastic game to talk about Korean culture, Korean dancing, Greek dancing, and uh, just the whole aspect of the Greek culture and the Korean culture. So this has been amazing. Awesome. And then let us know, like, if you tag us in your like Cretan society posts for like your parties, I mean, I know you guys don't need help promoting. I'm sure you, your parties are very well attended, um, but we'll always reshare everything. So feel free to tag us. Awesome. Yes, please. We do. appreciate that. Yeah. And I will definitely, uh, mention you guys to all my friends that this is an amazing podcast that it's a must listen to and <laughs> thanks uh, and get maybe some more some more guests from salt lake uh to get uh on the show that'd be lovely yeah, yeah. we'd love that we'd love that we definitely love that keep us posted um to see you both in salt lake at some point in the near, very near future where i can treat I'm, you guys to amazing greek s- food here I I'm a big that. skier and uh, snowboarder so like i've been meaning to come out to utah because your guys' uh, ski resorts have some of the best uh, reviews. And, you know, I keep hearing, like, you got to go to Utah. <laughs> you got to go to Utah. No, absolutely. got to go to Salt Lake. And then uh, yeah. that's the other thing I learned recently from uh, a family or half the family stayed here in California. The other half went to Salt Lake. They, you guys have, like, a whole on, like, Cretan Museum out there, right? Yeah, so we, we have a museum uh, that the entire history of our our community actually and including the Koreans and it's you know it's in the basement of our church actually and it wow. just 
shows all the all the wedding photos from like every you know generation like there's probably 500 wedding photos down there there's you know a history of like uh certain families you know the first church service the first uh uh choir the first you know the earlier priests that came here and like uh because our church was established in 1925 uh well, actually, our, the first church here in Salt Lake was 1905, but our current church uh, is 1925. So uh, we're going to be celebrating our 100-year anniversary here soon for of our church. As far as, I guess, you guys are considered West Coast at this point, right? Or Yeah, we're West Coast. We're, yeah. I mean, we're... Yeah, we're the West Coast. But, but what I was getting at is that's that's probably one of the first churches. Um, there, there really wasn't too much built around you know, the, around that time, like you one, you were one of the first, if not, you know, some of the first, uh, 1905 day. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we have a, you know, historical, uh, a great historical association here that I'm actually a part of as well, uh, with our community that preserves and, uh, highlights some of those, you know, historical events and, uh, feats and it's just amazing to watch you know some of these older Greeks that grew up and immigrated from Greece and you know helped start this community and like we're the re- like they're the reason why our community is here and as it is you know now so it's really cool to to kind of honor them and you know appreciate them for what they did for our community in the early you know days of uh, Salt Lake and the Greek community. Mm-hmm. Um, last summer I was, I went hiking. I went to, um, Montana and, uh, Yellowstone, Glacier, Yellowstone and, um, Grand Tetons. Right. And when I was in Montana, um, Patty league, who I know has played at, at some of your Cretan event, or maybe he like went to the Cretan event. Maybe he didn't play there, um, years ago. Baniyoti I speak. know him. Yeah. Yes. I know. Him. Um, <laughs> I remember he messaged me. I think he messaged me late, like he broke his shoe at the Cretan party. And he was like, that's when you know it's a real good party. I'm like, I love it. Um, but been there, he, done that. Yeah, he was telling me about something. And I might be getting this kind of wrong. So sorry, Patty, if you're listening to this. But there were Greeks in Montana, like pretty dang early on. Um, and it mm-hmm. was kind of like they would, you know, write these I don't want to call them Monday Navas, but maybe, um, but maybe. like the, these songs about kind of this land that they were exploring. And I'm like, if That's you think so about cool. it, yeah, <laughs> like the new Orleans Creek church was the first Greek church in America, right? 1864. Yeah. So wow. Salt Lake 1905, like that's some really good ground coverage. Like that's some spread, you know what I mean? Whether it yeah. was because people coming straight over from Greece to start in Salt Lake or however it kind of spread like that's that's some real I was gonna say it's funny you mentioned Montana so my mom actually was born and raised in uh Great Falls Montana and uh-huh. there's a, a very small Greek church there and when you say Glacier my family on my mom's side we have a timeshare up in Kalispell and Whitefish where Glacier mm-hmm. National Park is yeah. so I go up there every summer I was actually just up there a few months ago so I've so been up there. there. Oh, it's awesome. just it. 
it's God's country up there. It's just, it's a different mm-hmm. kind of That's- vacation. <laughs> Yeah. Again, yeah. again, kind of like going going to what I was going to say is like just the, the whole timeline thing. You know, I watched uh, the 1883 series, you know, that's the pre Yellowstone thing. But, uh, you know, people were, you know, what they had to go through to get out to Montana, to Utah, to the Pacific and whatnot. It's just it was pretty crazy. And, and just to think that, yeah, how quickly or how 20 years is a big, you know, time difference for, mm-hmm. you know, for to set up your church and the community and everything. It's just, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Oh yeah. And there was actually a documentary uh, made, oh, I would say about 15 years ago called the 11th day. I'm not sure if either of you heard of it, but no, it actually um, depicts the story of uh, world war two when uh, Crete was invaded uh by the germans and for 11 days and there was um a documentary made called the 11th day about interviewing all the survivors from that time period hmm. where and can you find that documentary i'm i would be very I, interested or is it like go to the, your local library and <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you i got a copy of it uh, because they had a showing here back when i first premiered and it's ninety eight percent of it in Greek, but they have subtitles, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's a really cool, uh, a cool documentary to watch. And my uh, my papu actually in in Crete was about seven years old uh, when the Germans invaded Crete, and they occupied our Spiti in Rethino, oh. and used it as a uh, as a like a home base, like as a command center, where mm-hmm. The uh, he was actually thrown in jail at the age of like five, and he almost died due to like a viral infection. And of course, modern medicine wasn't really a thing back then. Mm-hmm. So my great grandfather, who had dual citizenship, so he can communicate with the Germans, basically gave him an ultimatum: like save my son's life, or we're done here. And yeah. they they saved my papu's life at the age of five, and they took a picture of him. <laughs> Uh, you know, for you know, record keeping, and a German soldier fifty years later came back and brought that same picture no to way. my papu's house, and now he has it uh, here in our house. Uh, that was taken in nineteen forty one, forty two, or something like that. And to this day, there's two wall sized murals of like a German artwork in our house in in Kriti. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, there's a lot of history uh, in our village uh, that my papu grew up in. 